RTHK, the news at 11 with Tom Warden. Tonight's headlines. Chief Executive John Lee says his trip to the Middle East augurs well for future relations between Hong Kong and Gulf nations. Experts welcome a pilot scheme aimed at facilitating the movement of talent around the Greater Bay Area. And the death toll from Monday's devastating earthquake in Turkey and Syria tops 22,000. Chief Executive John Lee says his trip to the Middle East bodes well for future cooperation between Hong Kong and Gulf nations. Wrapping up his week-long visit, the CE said the SAR government has signed more than a dozen memoranda or letters of intent with their counterparts in Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. Mr. Lee mentioned his ambition to convince Saudi Arabian oil giant Aramco to invest in the SAR, saying he's established a good rapport with the company, but stressed his visit wasn't all about Aramco. The purpose of my visit is manifold, right? I am to, to tell the world and invite them to come to Hong Kong, and this extends to all the people and companies and the entities that we came across at the visit. And then, of course, we, we welcome big companies to come to Hong Kong and invest, and equally, and we have been meeting senior officials in charge of at least three uh, uh, sovereign funds, uh, as well as uh, Remco. Our invitation and our purpose is open to all. Mainland cities in the Greater Bay Area will launch a visa scheme in less than 10 days. The visa will allow mainlanders who qualify to travel to and from Hong Kong and Macau multiple times within a set period. The scheme targets top people in six fields, including science, the law, education and health care. Dennis Lowe, a professor at the Chinese University of Hong Kong, says Hong Kong needs to collaborate and attract talent if it's to become an international research and innovation center. I understand that the current scheme allows visitors who are not uh, actually paid uh, in Hong Kong. So in the future, maybe that we can have other schemes to look into even making even paid employment easier. A group of former and current LegCo members have criticized a parliamentary group in Britain for revoking an invitation to Hong Kong lawmakers to join an upcoming seminar. The Hong Kong legislature was invited to join the Westminster Seminar for a discussion on effective parliaments. But the Commonwealth Parliamentary Association withdrew the invitation last month, citing the deteriorating situation in Hong Kong. The SAR politicians said these were groundless accusations. Dominic Lee is a lawmaker from the New People's Party, who was originally going to attend the seminar next month. We felt that it's part of the bigger Western rhetoric, uh, which basically is anti-China. So they are using every possible avenue to uh, criticize and slander our political system, especially our enhanced political system since 2021. This seminar in itself talks about different political systems, and it's a change platform. So we have a lot of avenues doing that. So we want to tell the world, the international audience, that our political system, after our, our event in 2021, is better than ever. Former Chief Executive C.Y. Lung also joined the criticism, calling Britain's political system ineffective and dysfunctional. The head of the civil defense group, the White Helmets, which operates in rebel-held areas of northwestern Syria, has accused the United Nations of handling the response to Monday's catastrophic earthquakes badly. Raed al-Saleh said the UN was not acting in an impartial way. The first UN aid convoy arrived from Turkey yesterday, but the White Helmets say it didn't contain the right kinds of supplies. Ubaida Alwan, who's from the group, said there's growing despair. The situation right now is just absolutely catastrophic. Uh, it's very bleak. You know, we're on the fifth day later after this catastrophe, 
Um, and our volunteers down on the ground are spread very thin. There's a huge lack in equipment and tools and fuel to power our tools and power our ambulance vehicles and cars. The number of confirmed dead in Turkey and Syria combined has climbed above 22,000. South Korea says it will resume issuing short-term visas for travelers from mainland China from tomorrow. Seoul cited the country's improving COVID situation. The South Korean government suspended issuing short-term visas to mainland visitors last month. To the weather forecast, mainly cloudy and misty with one or two light rain patches. Bright periods tomorrow with temperatures in the region of 19 to 23 degrees. The outlook, Cuban and foggy in the next few days. Winds will strengthen from the north and the weather will become appreciably cooler on Tuesday. Currently at the observatory, it's 21 degrees with the relative humidity now 93%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. The emergency services in Israel say that two people, including a six-year-old boy, have been killed in a suspected car ramming attack in East Jerusalem. The driver was shot dead. From Jerusalem, the BBC's Yolanda Nell reports. Footage circulating on social media shows a blue car crashed into a pole in front of a bus stop in the settlement of Ramat. An Israeli paramedic described finding several casualties lying on the roadside. The incident comes at a time of high tension. Earlier in the day, a Palestinian man was shot dead by Israeli soldiers near Hebron in the occupied West Bank. The Israeli army said he'd tried to stab them. A court in Russia has sentenced the former governor of the far eastern region of Khabarovsk to 22 years in jail. Earlier this month, Sergei Furgal was convicted of the murder of two business rivals nearly 20 years ago. He defeated the Kremlin-backed governor in elections in 2018. This report from the BBC's Will Vernon. Sergei Fogal was the governor of Khabarovsk region in Russia's Far East. His arrest in 2020 led to widespread anger in the region. Tens of thousands of people came out onto the streets in Khabarovsk in rare protests that took the Kremlin by surprise. His supporters claimed the case against him was politically motivated after Fogal defeated the Kremlin's preferred candidate in elections. In court today, the ex-governor struggled to contain his emotions, asking the judge whether he felt no shame. India says it's made its first significant discovery of lithium deposits, a rare mineral crucial for making electric cars. Nearly six million tons have been found in Jammu and Kashmir. Until now, India has depended on Australia and Argentina for imports. More from the BBC's Eletra Naismith. Lithium is a key component in rechargeable batteries that power smartphones, laptops and electric cars. Experts say India's discovery could help it increase its number of private electric vehicles by a third by the end of the decade, a crucial part of efforts to cut carbon emissions. The adoption of greener solutions to slow climate change has seen global demand for rare metals soar. Pakistan's finance minister says his government will have to impose more than a half a billion U.S. dollars in new taxes to secure a vital bailout loan from the International Monetary Fund. Ishak Dar said reforms to the energy sector and a reduction in targeted subsidies were also part of the package. Officials in Amsterdam say it will soon be illegal to smoke cannabis on the street in the city's red light district. They want to improve life for residents. Here's the BBC's Anna Holligan. 
This is the latest measure in a long-running effort to try to clean up Amsterdam's famous red light zone. Renowned for its relaxed rules which allow cannabis cafes to sell marijuana and hash and red light windows where sex workers can offer their services, it's also a residential area. Many residents have become increasingly irritated by millions of tourists drawn in by the raunchy reputation for sex and drugs. The council wants to revamp the Dutch capital's image and in spring will launch a campaign urging drug tourists to stay away. A woman in New York has been convicted of attempted murder after she tried to poison a woman who apparently looked like her in order to steal her identity. A jury found Victoria Nazirova guilty of trying to kill her hairstylist, Olga Svik, with cheesecake laced with a powerful sedative. The BBC's Peter Bowes has the story. Prosecutors say the two women resemble each other with dark hair and similar skin tones and that Victoria Nasirova had hoped to impersonate Olga Svik after killing her. On a visit to her stylist's home, she gave the 35-year-old woman a slice of cheesecake containing a deadly drug, causing her to lose consciousness. She was later found ill in bed by a friend. After being discharged from hospital, Miss Fick realised that her passport and work authorisation card were missing. Nasirova was convicted of attempted murder, assault and unlawful imprisonment. She faces up to 25 years in prison. Today is the day Harry Potter fans have been waiting years for. Hogwarts Legacy, a big-budget video game set in the Potter universe, is being released, and it's expected to be one of the biggest games of the year. But it's being boycotted by critics of author J.K. Rowling because of her past comments about transgender people. She has said that trans women should not be allowed in women's single-sex spaces, such as bathrooms and changing rooms. The BBC's Stephen Powell has more. It's perhaps surprising, given the level of interest in this world of wizards, witches and wands over the years, that a fully-fledged, big-budget gaming adaptation has taken this long to be made. Interest is high. Records have been broken in the lead-up to release, with 1.3 million people at one point watching early previews being played online. However, transgender rights advocates are urging people not to buy it, saying that doing so shows support for J.K. Rowling's public statements about the trans community. They say those views are transphobic and supporting the game legitimises them by amplifying her voice and making her money. The author has previously said that she supports trans rights but she doesn't believe transgender people should have access to single-sex spaces. The title has received positive reviews for its gameplay and is expected to be one of the biggest sellers of 2023. To sports and organisers of Sunday's Hong Kong Marathon say it's been hard to get top international runners to return to the event because of strong competition around the world. There are 13 top runners from overseas this year, compared to more than 30 in 2019, the year before the pandemic. Nonetheless, Quan Ki, who chairs the Hong Kong Association of Athletics Affiliates, says he hopes the elite runners taking part in Hong Kong can raise the level of the race. The number of gold label runners is limited. Therefore, we have to rely on our agents to invite this runner to come Hong Kong. And we have to buy, say for example, better price money. Even if we have to pay some appearance money to them, we have to do this. But still, there's a big challenge. And this year, we are happy that still we have a good number of outside field to Hong Kong. 
Local runner Wang Kai Lok, who won the men's competition in 2021, says athletes should make sure they're hydrated and stay cool during the race because it's expected to be humid and relatively hot on Sunday. Mostly, is the humidity is quite high for us because maybe if the humidity like just 60% is is better than 90 to 100% humidity. Because the temperature is higher than last week, so maybe our body is hard to adopt the the temperature. Wang says he's switching to the half marathon this year because he's treating it as preparation for a bid to set a new Hong Kong record in the Tokyo Marathon next month and win a ticket to represent the SAR at the Asian Games. He says the local races' change of schedule from November last year means it now clashes with the Japanese event. Basketball superstar Kevin Durant has joined the Phoenix Suns at the trade deadline. The two-time NBA Finals MVP is the second star to leave the Brooklyn Nets this week after Kyrie Irving's departure for Dallas. In exchange for Durant and T.J. Warren, the Nets receive Cameron Johnson, Mikael Bridges, and Jay Crowder, along with four first-round picks. Durant now joins All-Star guards Chris Paul and Devin Booker on a Suns team that reached the NBA Finals two years ago. Phoenix head coach Monty Williams was full of praise for his team's latest addition. I mean, Kevin is a um, hardest worker I've been around. That was the thing that stood out to me. Um, the love for the game, the approach to the game. Um, you know, getting up early, staying late, like all of that stuff. To football now, and here's the BBC's John Bennett with a look at some of the big games to look forward to this weekend. Premier League leaders Arsenal are looking to bounce back after a shock defeat to Everton last weekend. Mikel Arteta's side take on Brentford, who are up to seventh, and they've given themselves a chance to claim European football next season. Arsenal still have a five-point lead over second place Manchester City because they also lost their last match when they went down 1-0 against Tottenham. So City's chance to respond is against Aston Villa, who were defeated in their last fixture against Leicester City. In third place, Manchester United's great run of form was halted by Leeds United on Wednesday in a 2-2 draw as they fought back from 2-0 down. Now they face Leeds again, this time at Ellen Road. Further down the table, Chelsea's warm-up for the return of Champions League football next week is a London derby against West Ham. Tottenham manager Antonio Conte is back after recovering from surgery as his side travels to the King Power Stadium to face Leicester City. And the big game in the relegation battle sees bottom of the table Southampton take on Wolverhampton Wanderers, who are just two points above the bottom three, but they thrashed Liverpool 3-0 last Saturday. And a reminder of our top story tonight, Chief Executive John Lee says his trip to the Middle East augurs well for future relations between Hong Kong and Gulf nations. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time 
indeed we've made it to the end of the week and if you've had a bit of a tough week and you want some time just to relax and take it easy you've come to the right place 45 minutes of music from a bygone era if you'd like to choose a song it's radio pete at gmail as usual a good selection between now and midnight the first one for you is from dinah washington spot to learn Ooh, teach me tonight let's start with the ABC of it roll right down to the XYZ of it help me solve the mystery of it Teach me tonight The sky's a blackboard High above you If a shooting star goes by I'll use that star to write I love you Isn't very clear, my love. Should the teacher stand so near, my love? Graduation's almost here, my love. Come on and teach me Teach me, please teach me. 